Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise the Lord. What great worship we've had today. This music department is absolutely awesome. It's very important to the church. We need to be led into worship. We worship Him in spirit and in truth. And this part is where the spirit comes in. We need it. And it's, I travel, so I see a little of everything. When I get finished this year, it will be 48 churches. It's been 28 years with an average of 40 to 50 churches a year. So I see a lot of things. Trust me, this is real good here. Real good. Amen. That's okay. Give honor to whom honor is due. Thank you, Pastor, for inviting me to come back. I was so thankful when I got that call that this date would work and that I got to come back and be with this part of the family. The family of God is all over the world, every tribe, every nation. I've gotten to see a little glimpse of what heaven's going to be like when we're all around the throne. And I'm so glad that God let me come and be a part of this part of the family and get to know you a little better. I love you. Some of you I didn't get to see the last two days. You're busy, I understand, but I got to see you today and I'm thankful. And I'm gonna be real kind to you and kind of catch you up when I first start into the Word today because it is sort of a little series that I've done. But I'm gonna catch you up and then I'm gonna give you what God gave me for you today. Amen? I prayed and I've asked Him. I don't wanna just talk. I want to be a blessing to you. If I can't be a blessing, I just need to stay home. I, you know, I got nine grandchildren. I just... I got lots of stuff I could be doing. But I love you. My motives are pure. I want you to see my heart today. My motives are pure. And today as I minister, my pastor knows I'm here. And that's real important to me. And I'm going to step into the anointing of this great pastor. And I submit myself to you. I'm under your covering today. Turn to the book of Acts, if you will. Sister Oliver, you always go to the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help people get saved. And stay saved. The day of Pentecost had taken place. They came out of that upper room with the Holy Ghost and fire. They were drunk. People thought they were drunk. They were staggering around and babbling strange words and laughing. Didn't you just picture it? When they walked out of there, people said, what is this? When they realize that they weren't drunk, they want to know, okay, what kind of high is this? What drug have you found? Because I want some of it. Start asking questions. There happened to be a preacher that had been in that upper room. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And one more scripture that I did not give media. I'm sorry, please forgive me. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Said that this morning. Without wrath and doubting. Our hands are to be holy hands. Today, for your hearing, a simple little message that God gave me 28 years ago. You know you're old as dirt when you say stuff like that. Friday night was get in the boat, stay in the boat. Yesterday was lessons from the crab. And today is get in the boat, stay in the boat. And keep your hands in the boat. You may be seated. Yes, this is a boat. It's a lifeboat. It saves lives. This is the boat, I am told, that is in, used to be in, the aircraft carriers. That when the aircraft would fall into the ocean, God forbid, they had these little boats on the aircraft to save the lives of those who were in that airplane. They didn't take a second thought about getting in the little boat so they could be rescued. So the concept of getting in the boat today is understanding that the boat is the church. And this is not just the lifeboat, this is the new lifeboat. Because when you give your heart to Jesus, you start your life all over. You get a brand new life. And you're going to be rescued. Oh yes, you're going to be rescued from this wicked world if you are in the boat when he comes. He's coming back for those who are watching for his appearing. The soldier knows, I get away from the burning wreckage. You don't stay close to the world. He paddles away knowing, if I will keep watching the sky, they know where I am. Signed that contract, I belong to the army, belong to the Air Force, etc. Signed a contract. So they're always going to know where he is. My little boat came from the Navy base in Millington, Tennessee. A pastor bought it for the ministry. I was going to buy a little dopey raft from Walmart. He said, that won't work, Sister Oliver. What we do, we do with excellence. He taught me something. And he bought me this little boat, and I've been using it all these years. It's never been on water, but it's been in Africa and Australia and Guam and Paris. And it's been all over the world, but it's never been on water. I bet I'm the only one on the airplane that has their own raft. (laughs) But this little boat means a lot to me. Because I have seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have made their way to an old-fashioned altar and said, yes, I want to be rescued. I'm watching the sky. The helicopter's on the way. I may be out in the middle of shark-infested waters, but I am not without hope today because he always knows where I am. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And I got a tracking device on me. It lives inside my heart. It's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he always knows where I am I signed that contract I signed my life away I belong to you Jesus 
Hallelujah. He's going to carry us away to safety. It's only one way to get in the boat. People make it so difficult. But the Lord made it easy. Because he wanted everybody to understand. I have seen three-year-olds come to an altar and repent of their sins. You say, well, does a three-year-old really understand? They know what a lie is. They know what taking something that doesn't belong to them is. The age of accountability is different for every child. But for the most part, at a very young age, children are ready. So we should definitely, as adults, be ready. All you have to do is bring your heart. You didn't think I was going to come without my hearts, did you? Bring your heart to Jesus. Whatever state it's in. That's what Jesus collects, his hearts. He wants to add yours to his collection. You're not getting in the boat until you bring him your heart. Till you come to an altar and whatever words are, are, are okay with you and however you want to address him. But saying what Peter said to say, a prayer of repentance. He told them, you want this? Repent. That's the number one thing. Confess your sins. He's faithful to forgive you if you just confess. I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I, I, I can't control my flesh. I can't control my mind. Uh, that, that that I want to do, I don't do. And, and what I do, I don't want to do. And uh, et cetera. Confessing, knowing that you need God is the beginning. And the minute you acknowledge that you need him, that you're sorry for your sins, you give him permission to go into your heart. And it is such a wonderful thing because you realize that he loves me unconditionally. I'm letting him see the secret rooms, the things that nobody knows. Most human beings, at least adults, have secrets. Things that nobody knows. He sees what you do in the dark. He sees what you do when you're alone. He sees what you do when, when you're faced with a, a quick decision. He sees it all. Past, all of your past, from day one, from the moment you took your first breath, and he still loves you. You know, there are people in your life that say, I love you unconditionally. No matter what, I'm always gonna love you, dear. You know what? You could do something to make that person fall out of love with you. You could. Oh yeah, too many withdrawals and no deposits leave you bankrupt. Next thing you know, that person that made a promise to you will betray you and walk away. Well, that's pretty dark, Sister Oliver. I'm trying to show you God's love. There is no other love. Nobody can give you what Jesus can. Nobody can love you like he loves you. Except that unconditional love from him. That the moment you say, I'm sorry, without condition, he sweeps out your heart and leaves a clean, empty spot that he can move into. Hallelujah. He forgets about it. It's as if it never happened. And then when you're baptized, man, I made the biggest mess I've ever made in 28 years. I don't think I've ever slung it all over the pulpit before. This won't work. You let that pastor take you down in the water in Jesus' name and all of that disappears, never to be remembered again, covered by the blood. When the devil sees you, he sees the blood. He hates it. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you're not in the boat. You're not ready for heaven. 
If you're not sure how you were baptized, you better get her done. Jesus is coming. Quit making excuses. If you're not sure what they said, it was so many years ago, then let the pastor re-baptize you. We only believe that you need to be baptized one time, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. However, if you've really messed up since the time you were baptized and you just can't live with it, you can't live with yourself, you're miserable, start over. Won't hurt a thing. To start over. In Jesus' name. You shall receive the gift. The Holy Ghost is leaking out of the heart. Because it's rivers of living water. When he moves in your heart, he moves in to stay. He fills you all the way up and he doesn't stop there. He keeps filling and filling until the Holy Ghost gets here. All you have to do is open your mouth. Strange words come to your mind. Another language. Words you've never spoken before. Immediately the devil will say, you're making that up. You're going to do it wrong. Or you're just a little kid that couldn't be the Holy Ghost. Or it can't be that easy. I prayed with thousands of people and I've seen almost every scenario. But what you have to understand is he's going to fill you according to your personality. He's not going to make you do something you don't want to do. He's a gentle Jesus. It's okay if you receive it quietly and softly. But you will speak with tongues. That means in another language. You will say words in another language. It feels so wonderful. You'll be glad you did. But I'm here to tell you, you're not in the boat. You're not going to be rescued without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what's going to take us up when he comes. Get in the boat. Then make up your mind. Once you get in, this is going to be the challenge. See, it doesn't cost you anything to be saved. He paid the price. It'll cost you everything to stay saved. That's why they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In breaking of bread, see, we're allowed to eat. And in prayers. They continued. That's important to that scripture reference because you don't get in the boat with the idea of, I'm going to get in here for a while and then get out and do what I want. There are people that live their whole life getting in the boat and out of the boat. In the boat and out of the boat. They're faithful for a while, then they're gone. Why is that? Because they don't have a made up mind. You have to make up your mind. I am going to serve the Lord. Me and my house, my family is going to serve the Lord. We are going to be at church every time the doors are open. We're going to be at every prayer meeting. We're going to do outreach. We're going to quit worldly activities as a family. And we're going to put everything we have into the church. You watch what God will do. But make up your mind. I'm getting in and I'm going to stay in. Not in and out. We have a lot of children here that received the Holy Ghost in the last couple of years. Some of them I got to be there. I like for all the little children to stand through the age of 16. Just stand up right where you are. Children, parents, if they don't know their kids, please let them know. <laughs> How many of you have been baptized in Jesus' name and you have the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Keep it up. Look at these strong families in this church. 
Look at this, how strong our families are, how strong our Sunday school is, our youth ministry. You can put your hands down and you can be seated. There were only about four children that didn't raise their hand that they have the Holy Ghost, only about four. How wonderful. We're building strong families. But once you get in the boat and you're in the church, you've got to make up your mind you're going to live for God. That means knowing what you're going to do in any given situation before it happens. Running the scenario through your mind. Being extra careful in the world and how you live. Not letting your good be evil spoken of. Safeguards and boundaries in your family and around your own life. Letting your children see you be very careful with what God's given you. Now, I've been looking around because I'm going to choose one of those children to sit in the boat for me. And so I'm coming this way, and I need somebody that can help me preach that will sit very, very still. Can you sit very still? Not really. If, if the anointing was on, you, was on you, could you sit really still? Do you want to sit in the boat? You don't? Okay, then. I'm moving right along. Some of them with their hands up, I don't dare pick them. I know you can sit still, but I'm going to need somebody real strong like Daddy to put you in there for me. Can you come do that for me, please? Because this is a preacher in the making anyway. I don't know if he's ever preached before, but this perhaps is his first message. Now, his legs are going to go down here. Take him around there. Be easy, and we don't want any diving going on here. Okay? You're going to have to throw your legs over. Whoa. Turn around the other way. Jesus' name, table, hold him. <laughs> and what's your name? I knew that, Cameron. Are you comfortable? You can sit back a little farther. And, yeah, sit Indian style. There you go. That's, that's Cameron. Now, I don't, don't take a nap. <laughs> sit up. <laughs> don't steal the show either. I understand you're a preacher, but this is my message. Cameron has repented of his sins. He's been baptized in Jesus' name. Cameron was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Cameron is in the boat. If Jesus comes today, Cameron's going to go up to forever be with the Lord because he's a part of the church. Our children are not the church of tomorrow, only in age and generation. They are the church of today. Do not send your children the message that the church is for the adults and they get to grow up and be a part of it. I'm so thankful that I had a pastor that early on in life let the children know this is your church. We didn't write notes, we didn't color, we didn't play on iPads. Parents do not allow that foolishness in church. iPads are not for church. Some of you are going to talk about me in the car, I'm sorry. I'm glad that when I received the Holy Ghost, I already knew this is my church. I remember going to my mother and saying, now, Mom, since I have the Holy Ghost and I've been baptized, can I sit on the front row and say amen? She, she said, well, sure you can. Very serious. 
Understanding that I'm a part of the church now. Looking for what does Jesus want me to do? If you will help your children find purpose, you will be forever glad that they found a place in the church, something to do for God. He's in the boat. Jesus comes, he's ready. But not everybody stays in the boat. Some people don't stay in the boat. Because reality is Cameron's going to grow up. He's going to have a job. He's going to have car keys in his pocket. He's going to have his own car. Mom's not going to be able to say, put on your white dress shirt. You quit grinning behind my back and preaching my message. He's going to have choices to make. Your kids are going to have choices to make. They're going to make their own testimony. And I want to help you understand, before something happens, when a child steps into the adult world, whether they decide to do it before you're ready for them to, whether it's 16 or 20 or 25, whenever it is, when they make the decision to step into the adult world and they make wrong choices, it's never your fault. I want to speak that into your spirit because that's the first thing the enemy will tell you. It is not your fault. It is a part of life and they make their own testimonies and you can't orchestrate that. But I'm going to show you what you can do. Cameron, you're never going to get out of the boat. You're never going to fail God. You're going to live for him all the days of your life. But today we are pretending I need someone to come to the keyboard and play scary bass notes like the movie Jaws that none of us know anything about. And I need you to come lift Cameron out of the boat. Dad is videoing. Could you do that, please? Okay. Cameron, you're never going to really get out of the boat, are you? Nope. We're pretending. I knew you could do it. All right, now stop. All right, Cameron, stay here. Step right down here. Get your hands out of your pocket because you're out of the boat. Just play softly. No, stay there and play softly. Lord, work with me here. Okay, Cameron, now that you're out of the boat, you can't relax, can you? Say no. Because you're in the water. You don't just stand up, do you? In the boat, you could kick back, relax. Even though there's shark-infested waters and it's uncomfortable and you're wondering when, he, when Jesus is coming and it's not always easy in the boat. But you were out of danger. Now you're in the wicked waters of this world. So you're going to have to swim. However you swim, move your hands. Yeah. And you're going to drown if you do all that, but that's fine. Okay, he's going to have to work out because he can no longer just sit and relax. He's going to tread water. The enemy is a hard taskmaster. You get out of the boat, you're going to fight for your life. The thing is, when you first realize you're out of the boat, you've sinned, you've been led away, you've done something you shouldn't do. You have a choice, an immediate choice. You see, you're still very close to the boat. You can turn around and immediately reach your hand up and someone will lift you back in the boat. That's what the church does.
Remember I told you Friday night I fell out of the boat? They didn't start the engine and run off and leave me. They threw me the life preserver. Every hand on that boat was over the side. They brought me back up on the boat in my condition with guts, fish guts and and, and seaweed all over me. And they loved me anyway because they knew I'd dry out. They knew I'd clean up. Got me back in the boat. They didn't ask me why. Why did you fall out? No, no, no. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But see, he's getting tired. And the problem is, Cameron, if you don't get right back in, what happens is you move further and further away. When you swim, you move. And the boat gets further and further away from you. And it's harder and harder to get back in the church when you stay out for a long time. The minute you know you have messed up, you turn around and repent and get back in. The devil will try to tell you, look what you've done. God doesn't want you. You've messed up. He'll try to tell you, you'll never get back to God. You're no good. The devil will be in your ear immediately, but you have to ignore that voice and know that Jesus died for me. He'll always love me even when I mess up. You know, that's why Jesus came to earth and he came as a baby and then he was a child and then he was a teenager and then he was a man. He wanted to go through every phase of life so he could say to every one of us, I have been where you are. He was a teenage boy where his body was changing and his mind had thoughts and he fought sin. The Bible says he was tempted in every way. So when you stand in an altar and you feel bad about yourself, you remember Jesus went through that, but yet was without sin. And you can be too. But it's a choice. You see, what happens, he's out of the boat and there is an enemy. There's an enemy. It it lives in the wrecks and ruins. In the ocean, and I've had this experience where I was on the boat and we had fished all day the day before and I watched the first mate on that boat begin to chop up the pieces of the fish that we caught the day before. He was chopping those pieces up and throwing them over the side of the boat. And finally, I, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I knew we had caught all of those. We took a whole day to catch all of those fish. And and I'm looking over the side of the boat and the water is turning red. I said, what are you doing? Why Why are you chopping up our fish? He said, I'm chumming the water. I said, well, what does that mean, chumming the water? The water's getting all bloody. It's all red. He said, I know, I'm chumming the water. Get back. Get back away from the side. I stepped back and I saw a fin pop up. And that fin, I could watch it as it circled. I could turn all the way around and watch it circling our boat. Because he was chumming the water for shark. We were getting ready to shark fish. And I thought about that years later when I was in preparation for this message. The enemy lives down in the wrecks and ruins. You want to find shark, you go in the deep, deep water. And where old ships have sunk, they live down inside those old ships. But there is something that will always bring them to the surface. It doesn't matter how deep they are, where they are. The one thing that will bring them to the surface of the water, the blood. They smell the blood. 
And the minute the enemy of your soul sees you outside of the boat, sees your baby outside the boat, your child floundering in the world, the minute he sees that, oh, he smells it. He's not worried about the the crack addict and the drunk and the prostitute. He's already got them, but one of your kids gets out of the boat. He smells the blood. That's a trophy right there. Now, I want you to come and point your fingers up in a fin or hands above your head. There you go. Now I need scary bass notes. Because what happens is, and you're going to stand still and not react this way. Just, but you got to swim. Remember, you're still swimming. There you go. Okay. He smells the blood. Oh yeah, that's that kid that got the Holy Ghost and when he was real young. and Sister Oliver's prophesied over him a couple times. He's going to preach the gospel. Oops, he's got his own car and his own car keys. And he's got a girlfriend. This is temptation. It won't be funny in a minute. Because the enemy, this is how it works. He just circles. Leave a space and circle. Cameron's not even aware. He doesn't even know. The circle is a lot wider, but because of space, we're not able to do that. But the circle's a lot wider than that. I'm helping families today because I don't want you to forget this. Because there's only one reason why. This could go on all day and all night and all day tomorrow. And for a very long time, we could just continue this demonstration. Because the reason why he does not come in. He's hungry. He wants him. It's a trophy. He smells the blood. He's ready to devour. But the reason why, my friends, he cannot go in is because the hedge. Somebody's been praying. Somebody's been covering this baby. Somebody said, no, devil. You can't have him. I'm telling you how to keep your kids. Pray the hedge around them. Give him a hand. Give them a hand. Thank you. Don't underestimate the hedge. Church, we've got to pray. We've got to call out their names. We've got to keep the hedge around them. Because the enemy wants to destroy them. Whatever you do, don't destroy them from within. The devil's going to try hard enough to get them without you doing it from home. See, there's a lot of ways to have your hand outside the boat. Your hand's outside the boat when you lose your temper and hurt people you love and say bad words at home and then you act different at church. Your hands outside the boat. Quit making excuses. Grow up. Be the mom and dad your kids need you to be. When you do mess up, you look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry. There should be tears in your eyes. I'm sorry I messed up. I got my hand outside the boat. I, I, I lost control. Please forgive me. And you fast and you pray and you dig it out until that thing goes. It is not okay to make excuses and to live one way at church and another at home. Sister Oliver, you make me feel guilty. No. There is, therefore, no condemnation. This is not about guilt. This is about change. 
You don't want to look back on your life and say, I wounded my kids so deeply. They don't want nothing to do with God because they saw me act one way at church and another at home. That's reality. I talk to a lot of people. You didn't have your hands outside the boat because you have hidden sin. It's time to get rid of hidden sin. It's time to come to an altar and kill it and confess it and get it under the blood because sin's not going to enter into heaven. You can destroy your family from within by talking about your pastor and the leadership. You're in a very dangerous place, my friend, if you think you're going to run this church. You think you're in charge? You think you're going to tell the man of God what to do? You're, you're in danger. This is a warning to, oh, you'll talk about me when you get in the car if you don't repent, and that's okay. But I'm telling you right now, God's hand is on this church. It's getting ready to explode in end time revival. And if God has to move you out of the way to do it, He will. Nobody's that important. Don't get your hand outside of the boat and destroy your family from within because you think you know it all. Repent. You may have to come to your pastor and say, I'm sorry, pastor, I've been wrong. Please forgive me. Submission is key. You've got to be under a covering. All of us. I don't just say words when I get up here and say my pastor knows where I am. My itinerary is on his desk. He knows where I am. And all he has to do is say, Vicki, I don't want you to go and I won't. All this pastor has to do is come and touch me on the shoulder and say, sit down, Sister Oliver. There wouldn't be a question. Because I know how important the covering is. i got to make heaven. I've been called in the office. I've had pastors set me down, talk to me. We all need that. I'm so thankful for the boundaries and the covering. Keep your hands in the boat. So when you pray, your hands are holy. When you minister, your hands are holy, blameless. No sin, nothing between you and God. You see, I was on the boat one day and I saw something in the distance. It was a blue bubble. It was the most beautiful aqua blue. It was floating on top of the water in the distance. I saw it and I, I was just a kid. I kept watching. The adults were fishing. They wouldn't let us fish. and I was bored. And every wave was bringing it closer to the boat. I thought, I'm going to take that. I'm, I'm going to have that. I'm going to take that home. Maybe it's a Happy Meal I don't, a toy I don't have. I'm watching it. Boy, it's pretty. Looks like fun. Sin's very pretty and very fun. We want sin to look ugly because the devil's ugly. He really isn't. He's a, a vision of light. He's an angel. He just dresses up in costumes. He dresses up like a snake and He's got his own Halloween store. But really, sin is beautiful. That blue bubble was gorgeous. I wanted it. I got down on my knees right inside the boat. Because I told you Friday night I'd already fallen out of the boat once. I knew I'd be in a lot of trouble if I did that again. And it was very scary. So the safeguard was I'll get on my knees. 
and see how far I can reach on my knees. There are people that do that all week long. You watch trash, listen to trash, live carnal lives, fill your heart up with junk, then come back on Sunday on your knees. Well, I can still talk in tongues. I can still feel God. I must be okay. That is not the check. Once he gives you the Holy Ghost, he doesn't take it away. So don't think because you can talk in tongues, you're okay. I was on my knees, but with my hand outside the boat. Looked like the very next wave was going to bring it to me. I had my hand, my, my little hand in a cup, just, just ready. Uh, what will they say when I, when I pull that on the boat and I say, look what I got. There I was. My parents were on the boat. There were 21 people. It was a large boat, upper deck. 21 people on that boat. Out in the middle of the Gulf. Deep, deep water. And my heart was beating real fast. And I reached down. And just as I reached down, inches away from it, a man on the top deck saw a little girl with her hand outside the boat. And he did not come down that ladder very politically correctly. He screamed at me, Don't touch that! He took the steps three at a time, landed in front of me, almost jumped, landed in front of me and grabbed my shoulders and shook me. He didn't look around and say, Um, would it be all right if I talk to your child about this? I don't, yeah, I never want to offend anybody. Quit getting all in a, a, a mess because somebody tells your kid to stop running in church. We're a family here. Don't let the world creep in. Let's help each other get our kids to heaven. I hear horror stories about parents marching in Sunday school classes and declaring war over their kid. We're all in this for the same thing. We're trying to keep them in the boat. Please, if you see my children and grands doing something they shouldn't, please tell them and tell me. He wasn't worried about politically correct. He shook me. What were you thinking? Oh, it made me mad. I said, I wanted that. How come you scared me? I almost had it. Oh, when you discipline somebody, they're not always going to react properly. Doesn't matter how they react. A lot of parents don't want to make their kids mad because they want to be their best buddies. You're not their buddy. You're not their pal. You're their parent. If they like you all the time, there's probably a problem. Even if, you know, and especially as teenagers. If they think you're the coolest thing that ever happened, there's probably a problem in your home. They ought, to, they ought to think you're just the weirdest. My kids still think I'm weird. They're adults. God puts you in their life to raise them in the fear of Him. And you're not always going to make them happy. And they're going to be mad at you. But one day they'll rise up and call you blessed. One day they will make you so proud. One day you'll be so thrilled that you parented your children. I was mad. Everybody was looking at me. I wanted that. I want to get that. He said, little girl, you didn't even know what that was. He said, that was a Portuguese man of war. 
It's a type of jellyfish. This particular type only lives in the deep. That beautiful blue bubble floating on top is not very big. But underneath, there are tentacles that can reach over 100 feet long. That's how sin is. You're lured by the lust of the eye. Looks good, looks like fun, looks like it'd be great. I wanna try that, everybody else is doing it. It makes me feel good when I do it. It makes me feel good when I look at it. That's how sin works. Only to find out when you put your hand on top of it and it flips its tentacles around you, you're an addict. You're broken, you're bruised. Don't know how to get out. You're shamed. It's the devil's design. He said, we would have pulled that thing off of your hand. It would have flipped its tentacles around your little hand and you would have immediately hand and arm been paralyzed because they paralyze their prey when they eat. You would have had no feeling in your hand, your arm. He said, we would have laid you in the floor of this boat. We would have gotten that thing off of you. We would have gotten rid of it. We would have turned this boat into land, but we're three hours from the nearest hospital. And let me tell you what would have happened to you. That venom, that paralysis would have a direct line to your heart. Little girl, you would have died today. Because you had your hand outside the boat. I'm talking to someone. I carried a burden into the wee hours of the morning. For you, you got to get your hand in the boat. You got to quit sinning. You got to quit deceiving yourself that I'm in and I'm okay and I've been in church and, and I'm doing fine. I actually, I, I'm here at church. That's not enough. You got to be able to lift up holy hands. We're to live separated from sin. There's so many extra sins anymore. People having emotional affairs. I felt this all morning, so I'm going to say it. It is not all right for you to go to work and emotionally connect with someone of the opposite sex. You're being unfaithful when you do that. No, my wife don't listen to me. We've been married a long time and she doesn't get me. But my friend at work, my, my female friend, she gets me. Next thing you know, you're going to lunch. Well, it's just eating. It's just lunch. never ends up good stop it stop it this week some of you need to get into your Facebook and you need to block some folks because that messenger sneaky and you're on messenger and you're you're talking to somebody you shouldn't be talking to I've seen families ripped wide open because somebody decided to connect with somebody from high school 40 years later stop it block get rid of block numbers in your phone you already messed up. Got your hand outside the boat and it led you astray. It's time to confess.
It's time to pray it out of your spirit. This is a warning. Jesus is coming. Don't let anything separate you. Don't let it tear up your family. Think about what you've got all around you. Start trying to rekindle what you've got. However you might see yourself today. Be honest. Got your hand outside the boat? Can't stay off Netflix? You're addicted to the internet? You're addicted to porn? You brought porn into your marriage? That's wrong. Mr. Oliver, you talk so plain. (laughs) Look at the world we're living in. It's not okay. And from my viewpoint, I'm seeing families disintegrate. Great men and women of God torn apart. Families broken. Kids suffering. Simply because of a blue bubble. That went floating by. Make up your mind. These hands belong to the Lord. I want to be able to lift holy hands in front of my wife, my husband, my children, my grandchildren. And they see holy hands. They know that their mama and their meemaw lives this day in and day out. No matter where I am or how they see me, I live it. I want that. And I know you want it too. So sometimes it takes a trip to the altar. Another confession. Setting things right and starting over. The beautiful thing is as long as there's breath in your body, you can start over. But if you don't, see, having consciences seared with a hot iron. The next step is, doesn't even bother me anymore happens. I've seen people make excuses so long for their sin, for their addiction, for their behavior that they can go out of here and just eat lunch and this message will not move them. After that, you'll be given over to a reprobate mind. We think that must be somebody that's just wretched. No, they can be sitting right on the pew. Oh yeah, thinking they're okay. I will not apologize for this not being a happy Sunday morning message. Because I know this is what God wanted. He's poising this church right now for the greatest move of the Holy Ghost you have ever seen. The pews are going to be filled from front to back. People are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Every service, God is getting ready to do it. But we got to get ourselves right. Because He won't operate with sin in the camp. Would you stand to your feet? You see, if I had decided, mom and daddy told me to keep my hands in the boat. They told me to quit pulling in sticks and reaching over the side and put my hands in the water. Mom and dad told me to quit doing that. I already fell in once because I kept doing that. When I saw that blue bubble, I should have and could have said, I better ask somebody what that is. 
better not touch that. I better just be obedient. They said, keep your hands in the boat. I just need to be obedient. Because let me tell you what would have happened. One wave after another was bringing it in. But the Bible says there's always a way of escape. Let me show you what that looks like. It got right here. And the very next wave took it out of my reach. I could no longer touch it. It wasn't there anymore. Something you've been resisting, temptation, and by times you keep slipping up. Make up your mind to keep your hands in the boat. Because there'll be a way of escape. And before long, it won't even come near the boat anymore. You'll be set free. That's how it works. I wonder if there's anyone today that you know you're not in the boat. You've never repented. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have the Holy Ghost. You've never spoken in tongues. Today's your day. It's going to happen in the next five minutes and you're going to be eating lunch feeling great. It's not going to take you an hour. Nobody has to touch you. But if you'll come stand right here in front of this little boat, I'm going to speak a word of faith and the Lord's going to fill you. If you have a child that does not have the Holy Ghost, parents, bring them. Stand them right up here. You stand behind them. Back them up. I'll pray with them. God will fill them. Second part of this message is some of us need an altar experience today. We need to make some things right with God. So as she begins to play, as the singers come, would you move out of your seats? Would you find a place in this altar? Will you come clean? Will you be real with God? Will you let Him search your heart today? Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.